you're tuned in to the Manjeet Minhas podcast. Welcome to the Manjeet Minhas podcast. Each episode, we talk with different experts and professionals and tackle a variety of topics within the world of business. One issue many people face is knowing what your brand is and how to market yourself properly. Whether you're a business or an individual, this is a challenge many of us face. Today, I'm joined with Ryan Holtz. He hosts his own podcast, The Ryan Holtz Show. So make sure to give it a listen. Ryan, welcome to the show. So I was so fascinated to learn about you and your story. I knew some of it before, but just like anything I find when you do um, a deep dive, which includes, you know, a lot of Google searching and social media stalking, I learned so much about your story, but I always love to hear it, of course, uh, from the individual themselves. Talk to me about where you're born and raised, your childhood. Where did it all start for Ryan Holtz? God, what a, it's such a loaded question. I was born in Edmonton, Alberta, 1984, April 22nd. Um, and my dad is Jamaican. My mom is German. Uh, I was raised by my mom and my mom passed away. So my mom was a single mom. My mom passed away at 13. So which basically left me, you know, no parents, no support, no nothing. So when I tell you I've ate, ate crap, I've literally ate crap. And it's, you know, this whole ecosystem of entrepreneurship. I was an entrepreneur before entrepreneurship was sexy, before it was, you know, glamorized. And I felt like, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I was an entrepreneur because I had to be. It was like by survival where I'm like, Ryan, if you want to get to a certain level in life, and we know there's levels, you cannot just sit there and, and let other people dictate where you're going and where you're maneuvering. So at a very young age, I really understood the, the, the importance of of really trying to, you know, use my skill set to consistently get to new levels and new heights. Sometimes, you know, uh, business is not an easy, an easy ride. And, and I don't care who you are or what level you're at. There's self-doubt that sometimes creeps in or maybe bad decision or, or all these things. And I, I feel like we're going to chalk that up into we're all humans. So we feel different things at different times. And this wall has just always been something that keeps me straight. The football helmet, football essentially from 13 on, became my parents. You know, my coaches, my teachers essentially kind of became my parents. It kept me very guided. It kept me very in line, you know, wake up at 4.30 in the morning, do workouts, you know, give me something to be excited about, but also hone in some of those disciplinary skills that you really need. Through sports, that is? Through sports. Yes. Through sports. So played football all the way, you know, going into the the university spectrum. And, and that was, that was huge, you know, and then, you know, I kind of said, well, Ryan, you know, unless you're going to play in the NFL, and make a decent amount of money for the amount of, you know, just nuts you're going to put your body through. <laughs> and no, no hate on the CFL, but I'm sorry, you know, the salaries, I'm just like, you know what, you're putting your body through, you know, I, I need to be compensated. So uh, at 23, 24 is when I opened up my first company. Uh, and it was an online marketing video production company at the time. And we used to do these uh, health and safety videos uh, for rigs. So we figured a small little pocket of market where we said, holy smokes, these oil companies are spending so much money on their health and safety programs. And what happened was to get grants from the government and get approvals, they started documenting when rigs were being inserted as kind of another measure to say, hey, look at the safety that we're doing. And then I sold that business at 27, worked at a car dealership for one year because I was fumbling my thumbs, didn't really know what to do. Uh, we became the first car dealership in the world to be featured alongside Barack Obama by Twitter through one of my marketing campaigns in eight months. And then I said, 
that's it. I'm done after a year. I'm going back into the entrepreneurship land. And, and now we're here and I'm talking to you and, and we have the podcast and the, and the agency. That's, that's pretty fascinating. It is definitely the definition of fighting through not only circumstances, but also mm. being brave, having grit, being persistent, discovering who you are and what you want to be. And mm. so um, what kind of education um, did you get or did you get a real life education? And, and um, that was, you know, you, your talents and skills were built that way. My talents and skills were built off, I call it the Harvard School of, of Hard Knocks. You know, it really was. I mean, I went to, to university and took, you know, a business and, and, and graduated. But to this day, you know, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to be, I don't want to say education is bad or anything. I just feel like for me, you know, I didn't learn a lot that I'm taking into my business career, you know, in 2021. You know, where I learned a lot about business was, um, you know, on the ground, in the marketplace, getting my head kicked in, you know, <laughs> and, and it's really the reality is learning, uh, you know, a lot trial by fire. Um, and what I did take away from school is originally when I went to school, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. I've always been fascinated with the human brain. Mm-hmm. And marketing is all about the human brain. It's figuring out what Manjeet wants, how she wants it, maybe before she even knows she wants it and mm-hmm. deliver it to her you know, a message that doesn't annoy the crap out of her. Right. And so that hope in hopes that when she's about to take that first sip of beer and she knows she wants to taste it. So maybe she had a shot before, as we were talking prior yeah. to the, prior to the recording that you are getting it uh, delivered to you in a way that's fun. That's for you. That's catered. Right. And um, if we're in business, we really, ha- we really are in the business of people, you know, yeah. y- your daily basis is consistently dealing with your team and, and people and doing deals and, you, you became probably a, an excellent practitioner at dealing and managing people, essentially, you know, if we really kind of boil everything down to it. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's the answer to your question. And very much trial by fire. Yeah, I truly believe in that too. I, do, I believe in the art of persuasion or negotiation because I truly believe that we are all negotiating with everybody, whether it be our family, our team, yes. and in a lot of cases ourselves. As entrepreneurs, we're persuading ourselves to keep going, to try something new, to get uncomfortable. Um, mm. and, and that's not a talent um, or a, a skill set that many of us are born with or taught. I, I do agree that, you know, I studied engineering and that's where I thought being from Alberta, such yeah, as yourself, yeah. Um, and when you're made to be good in science, math and science, and, and my parents definitely made me be good in math and science. But Manjeet, let's, let's talk about the cultural expectation behind that too, right? I have so many East Indian friends and it's like, Ryan, my dad said, be an accountant, be a lawyer, be a doctor, be an be engineer. engineer. And <laughs> right? it, it was like one of those. And they're like, if you don't do that, don't come home. <laughs> you know? right. like, and you're, you're right. My dad was an engineer and my parents weren't that like, it was definitely there though. The standard was definitely there. Yes. I didn't, um, I, you know, I did not obviously pursue that. My brother either, he also um, studied oil and gas engineering. Um, and so, but I do believe that it did give this foundation that you never leaves you, whether or not you use what exactly you did um, in your formal education, I think that there is this self-confidence that it builds in Mm. you as a youngster, right? Mm. Uh, Or when you're in those formidable ages and you learn how to network, you learn to also um, be the master of your own domain suddenly when you go into university, like, um, and and there's, you know, hundreds and if not thousands of kids in your classroom and you can't, um, and you can't, 
and you don't all of a sudden aren't told what you have to do. And, mm. and so all of a sudden you, you're, you're, you have to think for yourself. Yes. And so, but I do believe that it is not the be all end all. And I think that that is a, a change that, um, that is, is come about because like you say, entrepreneurship, we're, you know, only a couple of years apart on being an entrepreneur was not something that was actually thought of as a career or mm. a job or something that you could be successful at. Mm. Uh, in the same way that you could be in mm. as an accountant, engineer, doctor, yes. lawyer, you know, yes. kind of thing. And so I think that that, that has changed and I, I, your kids are young like mine. And I think yep. that we would have a different perspective on that. Um, not to say that the values that we teach them, whether it comes to hard work, or continuous learning will change. Cause I also think back then everybody thought that once you finish school, that's when you stop learning. Like, you know what, you know, yeah. and you do that <laughs> job forever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's true. You know, and what you're saying, it, it aligns with uh, there's no one way or there's no one, you know, correct or incorrect success path. You know, it, it's it's really evolving and understanding where we're at in the world. I mean, we have people that own massive businesses and, and you know, we're not big in technology and then COVID hit and right. everybody better know how to use Zoom. And if you want to stay in business and maintain a relationship to a degree, you, you know, this technology is what's really been saving a lot of businesses and really keeping those relationships moving in the direction that they need to. So, no, I agree with you. Um, so how do you think that your childhood affected the way that you pursue business and carry yourself as an entrepreneur? It made me a graciously ferocious beast. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, my quote that I say for myself is the smile disarms, but the heart conquers. It's like the famous quote, you know, we might not be where we want to be, but thank God we're not where we used to be. You know, and, 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 you know, it's, it's, if you're putting a poodle in a ring with a pit bull, you know, and I hate to, I don't want to use that analogy, but you know, it's made me tough in ways that I have friends and they don't have that certain kind of toughness element. They like, I've, I know what darkness is, you know, at 13, I seen my mom's dead body. This is a, a massive. And I say it like that because it, it, it hurts. Like it's tough to hear, but it's imagine feeling that, you know, and and you're 13 years old. We're talking about the development of mind and figuring out yourself. You're in your pubescent years. You know, what does a 13 year old guy really know about dealing with like trauma, let alone, you know, I just started getting a deep voice, Manjeet. <laughs> I grew my first goatee at 13 kind of thing, right? So, you know, kind of fast forwarding that my childhood, I looked at it a lot as a very tough thing to talk about and deal with. And in some ways, I don't want to say I was ashamed, but I was, I was, I was just like, oh man, there's just so much badness there. And at 21 years old, I said, Ryan, look, you need, you need to deal with this. You know, you're, you're dealing, you, you, cause I feel like even my mom's death, I never even dealt with that, you know, up until I was about 21 years old where I just kind of, cause everything after that was a blur. And then you have to survive and try to build something and try to make something out of nothing. So you really kind of push that in. And then I started to learn, oh my God, Ryan, what happened to you in your childhood? It might be your biggest blessing because you got this in richness of, you know, there's a lot of great stuff that comes from pain. And when we study some of the greats, especially in entrepreneurship, those the, the people like yourself who are motivated, sometimes it stems from either a dark place or pain because the, the amount of ferocity and just effort and relentlessness you have to show up with, especially when you're trying to create a business off the ground. This means it's not established. I mean, you go back to your journey when you were getting it off the ground. I mean, I know you're established now, but that getting it off the ground, it's a lot of weight to carry. It is. Right? It is. 
I agree with you. As a young brown woman at 19, I have everything working against me and nothing for me. Yes. Um, I agree with you. It did make me extremely tough. And I do believe um, that to 21 years later, that it, it actually um, was an advantage and a pro for my journey that mm. I did have to de- feel, face those extremely tough challenges compared to anybody else around me um, because it really made me want to fight more yes. for my success. And also every day makes me think, okay, this could disappear anytime. <laughs> like I got to yeah, keep yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're, you know, you're tough. It did. Yeah, make me tough. It did. And I mean, your role on dragons down there. I mean, when you line all of you up, I mean, you're, you're somebody that's always just, I mean, you get to the point quick, you know, and you're just, you know, you, you, you don't mess around, you know, and, and I, I kind of, you know, we've had Kevin O'Leary on our show and it's, you know, I, I, he's like, hey, I, I tell the truth and I, I really love the fact that I always tell you the truth. I'm, I'm the nicest one up here. But I have to be honest. I think in some ways he's right. And this is what I, this is what I'll say. I just came off an interview and I said, if somebody really cares about you or they really want to give you some mentorship, they have to tell you the truth. Because, you, you know, if you, if you kind of mince words or, or, you know, this person's going to keep going down the path that maybe is not even going to lead to their destination. So for me, even if it makes me cry, thank you. Because I know it's not the best thing I want to hear that day, but if it's the right thing and it, and it puts me on the right path, oh, you've given me the biggest gift that you could ever give me. I agree. And I, I do agree that there's this fine line between tough and mean, Kevin and I, <laughs> yeah. personal debate amongst ourselves. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think that, listen, you don't do, I totally agree with you. Being honest um, is so important because otherwise you send the other person in circles. And one of um, the reasons I'm sitting in that chair is to give you my true, honest opinion based on my experience and my background. And I don't think that anybody does anybody justice by providing fluff by just saying thumbs up. I think they've had way too many people in their lives do that to them. And that's usually how they've gotten to where they've gotten. Um, I don't have a crystal ball. I tell everybody that too. Listen, I don't know everything, um, that whether you're going to make it or not, but I do have some educated knowledge, um, that, that, um, can hopefully help you. Right. And, and that's, I think, and I think that I wish early on somebody had done that to me to say, Hey, maybe, uh, move 40 degrees this way or 90 degrees this way. Um, instead of keeping to beat down that door that is never going to open for you in that way that you think it's going to open for you. Um, and I think that that we don't do anybody justice by saying that, yes, keep going. I, I do take that role very seriously because it is people's livelihoods. People forget that we might be, it might be on TV, but this is real. This is the definition of reality. This is their life. This is their, their money. This is their energy. This is their family relationships. This is other people's money. This is, um, this is, this is a lot to that person standing there. We, you know, we can sit in those chairs and everybody at home can sit and, and yell and laugh or roll their eyes at them. But there's a lot going on with that individual standing right in front of you. Um, and so I think that that, 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 that weighs heavily on, on how seriously I take my role when I'm giving somebody advice. Um, and if you, I always say, if you don't want my advice, don't ask for it. I'm not, I'm <laughs> not one of those yes people. <laughs> No, no. And, and that's why you are where you are. I mean, it's the reality, right? It's, it, it, you know, the truth hurts, right? But the truth is the truth. Yeah. You know, I, I like the truth. I don't, you know, b- building, building a great empire on rented land is never a good way to go. You know, mm-hmm. so building good thought process on bad information is terrible, right? That's right, the reality, right? right? Yeah. So, and these are the things I always try to keep in my mind. Cause it's like, 
you know, I'd rather, hey, if I'm, I'd rather make it to level two, but I know it's built on really, really great foundation as opposed to being on level 16 and knowing that somebody could say, yeah, you're done. That's it. Yeah. Right. It's like social media, which I know we're talking about with the branding. It's everybody's very focused on building, you know, their, their brands, their communities, their platforms on, on rented land. You don't own Facebook. You don't own Instagram. You don't own Twitter. You know, and if Twitter shuts down the door and says, you know, we're not seeing any, you're not, you're not going to, your message isn't going out to your people anymore. It's like, well, what do you own? And that's why we say, you know, get people on the mail list, get people on, you know, email, get people on text message because out of all your followers, like even yourself, could you imagine that Instagram says, you know, Manjeet, you, you just, you messed up today. We're, we're deleting your account. Like you would essentially have no way of actually going in and messaging each one of your followers and saying, hey, look, guys, I'm going to be on, on this platform. You essentially would be disconnected, right? And it's happened. Um, I own cannabis companies and it's happened multiple times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. On social media. And, and what you're saying is very true. It's happened to our liquor accounts too, multiple times on Facebook. Yes. Um, it happened when we were making hand sanitizer and their algorithms on Facebook and Instagram didn't understand what hand sanitizer was. Um, <laughs> and, and it deleted our entire accounts and there was no way to restore them. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, and, and because in the last year and multiple, you know, two years before that with cannabis, it's happened many times. What made you want to help people with branding and marketing? You know, I, it's one of those things you kind of um, just fall into. I, I think about my first business. It was hilarious. It was so bootstrapped. You know, I had this desk in this old crappy Dell computer. I was like 23 years old. And I'm, I said, well, how are we going to start getting clients? Or how are we going to start doing video work for people? And this was, I mean, 24, that's, I'm 36, it's, you know, 12 years ago. So this is even when the internet definitely wasn't where the internet is now. I mean, think about 12 years ago. It's still, you know, it was not, it was not the beast it was today at all. But I, there was this uh, site called Kijiji, which is still there. And I said, oh my God, you know, so basically people would go on their listings and they would say, hey, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for this. I would literally go on and I would message each person that said, looking for a video production company, very, very hand-to-hand combat. And and I grew a great business that way to, to something that was able to be sold. And I thought, how the heck were you able to sit at a desk, use this little Dell computer, zero money, no loan from the bank, nothing. Whatever I sold, whatever I caught, I, I kind of ate type of deal. Then putting the money back in, marketing it out. You know, I remember going to a bank, uh, Manjeet, with a $15,000 check at 24 years old. Now, remember, for me, that was a lot of money. I, I didn't grow up. I didn't have any money. And the bank says, okay, uh, so you don't have an account here. So I actually had a client write a check to an account that wasn't even created. So I had to go to the bank and the guy said, what do you need? I said, well, I need a business account. Can you open up a business account for me? No problem. Well, you need, uh, you need articles of incorporation. You, you, you got to get your stuff right. You can't open anything without articles of incorporation. Okay, go to the registry, get that done. Come back to the bank. He says, okay, we're done here. I said, no, 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 I got I to deposit this check. He says, whoa, whoa, wait a sec. You have a check already? I said, well, that's the reason I'm here. I got the check before I had the bank account. And he was just so mind blown how, how he's like, well, how did you do that? So that kind of came into the realm of marketing. I knew how to get people's attention and to keep it and to convert them. And back then we didn't use those types of words of like nurturing and, you know, let's put them into our funnel and, you know, let's use social media and people who are using social media to go into their funnel, they have to understand social media is a sieve. It's not the funnel. The sieve is what, if we take the sieve and we put Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, those are all the ways that people can filter into our funnel. But it's merely the sieve or the colander on top of the funnel. And that's kind of what I was doing. 
at a, at a very young age. And people said, man, Ryan, you're really good at marketing. And, and that's kind of where it started for me. It was very, um, you know, I obviously I took a course in school, but you know, everybody takes marketing a part, a part of the business. It's kind of economics, you know, finance, all that stuff. And that's kind of how it all started for me. And then I didn't really realize I'm like, my personality was just so indicative of, of marketing. You know, everything for me was, was branding, like my business cards in the shape of a sock. You know? <laughs> so, you know, like I like fashion. Right. And that's where, that's where everything for me just kind of came into fruition. Hmm. I like that you were self-aware at even a young age of what you were and still are good at. And I think that so many of us are really not very self-aware of what we are good at. And that um, is hard because that does take um, a lot of self-reflection, which not many of us um, in this society take the time to do. Because of course, you can come out with things that you don't like or that you really feel that you need improvement on. But uh, talk to me about how you keep motivated and how you continue your momentum after you've been, you know, in uh, this business slash industry um, for over 10 years. Well, I think I've evolved, you know, and I, even at this point of being 36 years old, you know, I have our business, like the business you have. The one thing I love about it is it's tangible. You know, you got mm-hmm. beer, you can hold it. I'm seeing you hold your glass. You're holding something in your hand. I'm looking at the colors. I'm feeling it. I'm tasting it. You know, you, you don't have to convince me that I'm holding something. I, I can see that for myself. What you do have to convince me of is why I should be holding what you have to sell, mm. which is what you guys do a great job of, which is also known as marketing. But for me, I've always been in businesses that were essentially, there was no storefront. I mean, as a marketing person, I could be in Jamaica on my laptop right now and doing marketing for, for, for clients, right? So everything that I was always doing is very, very air. So for me... You know, I've came into a, a a position of my life where I'm motivated, but I said, man, there, you know, Ryan, there's a lot more to you than just marketing. And that's why I created my, my show. And I said, I really want to open, I really want to start this show. And I've done a, you know, I've done a lot of media commentary for TV and radio, like going on as the marketing guy and talking about like a new iPhone drop or, you know, how do you think COVID is going to impact market share of this or blah, blah, blah. Um, but I said, I wanted to open up something of mine that was tangible. And that's where the podcast, my show was born because I said, like somebody can actually like listen to that. Like it's right there. Right. And I got this desire that I wanted to talk to some of the best minds in the world uh, about what they do. And I really wanted to put a very unedited, you know, Ryan Holtz flavor on it uh, and push that out to the, to the masses. And it's went very well. So that is kind of, I want to say added to my motivation for the marketing uh, agency and, 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 and as business in general. But when I had my son, Four years ago, which is my first child, oh man, it just, it just changed, you know. And I hate sounding like that cliche parent, but I'm gonna do it anyway. It just changed everything for me, you know. Mm-hmm. I just, you, you know, every parent says it, or you know, even before I was a dad, like I would never, I would always ask questions, and you know, every parent would kind of give some answers, but it's true. And I said, what do I want to build here? You know, what am I building for my kids? What am I building for my family? What is my legacy going to be? You know, how is, you know, our home with my wife and I, we call it the incubator of like personal development slash ideas. We try to create this environment that anything is on the table. You know, Mm -hmm. let's get a million ideas out into the air. Let's showcase because here's, here's what I think. And this is, this is really, and you're a parent too. Your kids, they see everything. They hear everything. Yes. They see everything. They see when their parents aren't getting after their dreams. 
Yeah. They see it. They feel it. But here's what I think. Whatever God or religion you pray to, if you don't, it's irrelevant. But here's what I think happens. I think when our time is done on this world, I think somebody comes over, they tap you, they say, hey, Manji, come on over here. I want to put my arm around you today. I want you to play, watch the 60-second video of the vision I had for you in your life. And you're going to say one of two things. You're going to watch the 60-second video and you're going to say, oh my God, I killed it. I knocked it out of the park. Or unfortunately, you could say, oh my God, didn't even come close. Right. And I think, could you imagine feeling like you could have been this, but you only made it here? Oh, we get one life, you know, arguably, right? One life. Yeah. Yeah. So what keeps me motivated is that thought. It's constant evolution, constant growth. And you brought up a great thing, self-reflection and self-awareness. It's something I'm going through on a daily basis. I'm always asking myself and always checking in. Ryan, you know, what about this? Ryan, what about that? Right? My stuff does stink, you know, and, I, and that's kind of what, how I walk around. You know, people, some people walk around saying, hey, their stuff doesn't stink. It does, unfortunately, <laughs> hate to tell you. And yeah. for me, I'm very humble that way where I'm like, my stuff does stink and I need to consistently always keep myself in check. And, and that to me, it, it, I stay motivated. I never get out of motivation. I stay motivated. I, I do agree with you that home is a really important incubator um, because the days that we believe that kids get all of their education um, from school and or the outside world um, is really not the case anymore. And mm. I truly believe that too. I think my little girls uh, definitely took me a couple years with the first one to understand that you're <laughs> everything. And then yeah. I thought, you know what, let me use this as... A, also a learning space because um, as an entrepreneur, I'm working all the time, mm. no matter where we are. And of course, I have that added benefit of my partner. My business mm. partner is my brother. Yes. We're very close with us. So whether it be on family vacation or whether it be at dinner at my parents, or it doesn't matter where it is, like it is all intertwined together, um, yes. work and, and, and family. And they see um, when we make some, when something big, great happens, they see when we're debating or, mm. you know, they'll think arguing and they'll see that we can still, you know, um, come back together and, and, and still work together. They'll see when we're stressed. They'll see when like, uh, and so it's interesting. I think um, I also, with the show, I, I really do um, tr take them to go see behind the scenes a lot because I think as, as girls, mm. they really do need to know um, and be not phased by when they get on social media, they're not obviously yet, they're still young, um, that it just doesn't happen. And nobody wakes up looking like that. Like it takes an hour and a half of a lot of work. <laughs> Like yes. four people on me all day long. <laughs> yes. Get me ready and, and to keep me looking like that. Like You're staying fresh, Manjeet. I give you that. Okay. You're staying fresh, my friend. You're staying fresh. <laughs> not talk about that until um is is unfair to them also to mm. live up to, but also yes. to understand everything that goes into that seven minutes you see on TV. There's hours and hours and days and days of work. And I think that mm. that that is so important um, that I, that they learn um, from what they can from those around them. And in, in this case, you know, a lot, me, my brother, my parents, it doesn't matter who, right? First off, I have a daughter and a son, Dejan and Talia. Uh, what you and your brother have created is like my dream as a parent. Like if, if, I was, if I was a selfish dad and my wife was a selfish mom, we'd say, 
guys, open up a business and just run this business and do, don't do it. Don't do anything else. Just please do that. Like selfishly, we would say that. Of course, they, they might hate business. Who knows? But well, same thing. What- I, I agree. My, I, I don't know. I hope they take it over. But who knows? <laughs> right now, I think my husband's business who owns home building and construction company is cooler because it's tangible. They can't yes. drink that. So yes. not cool to them yet. <laughs> How can you know? Yeah, you're going to be cool when they get a little older though. I'm sorry. Like, you know, the old <laughs> adage of, hey, don't break into your parents' liquor cabinet. Like, don't break into the liquor factory. Like, what? <laughs> like, that takes that whole adage to a whole nother level. I don't know if you guys have thought about that, but... You no, know, but thanks little for Unlimited supply. Unlimited supply. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I think we all have hopes and dreams for our kids. I, I One thing I, I don't think about and, and purposefully is, um, is my legacy. Um, mm, like you talked about. So I don't know if I agree with that point. And, and mm. uh, I do. Yes, um, definitely. You know, the way I was raised in my own culture and my own morals and values, definitely building something for my family. Mm. Um, however, I, you know, my parents have always thought like this. And I, at this moment do too, is that when I'm gone, I'm gone. I really don't care what people say about me. I hope they say I helped. Yeah. I hope they say yeah. I helped you know, a couple people out and that I, um, I lived true to myself. Um, but that legacy portion, um, is something that, yeah, that we debate amongst ourselves at home a lot about. Do you think that's um, an emotional tangibility for you, Manjeet? I love that point of reference you're making on this. Cause I, I, you may be one of the only people I've heard say that. And I, I actually received that very well because it's interesting. I don't know if maybe everybody's egomaniac or whatever the case is, but for you to say, like, I don't care about it. Like it, and it, it comes up in a variety of different ways. Like when we do obviously a lot of um, support, a lot of philanthropic causes, and it's pitched to me all the time that if you donate X, we'll put mm. your name on a building. And I'm always saying, I will donate X, but I don't want my name on the building. Like oh. I don't care when I'm gone, whether or not somebody saw um, <laughs> that or my kids or like, you know, and so, um, and that's not only one thing I think that it, like, it's a, it's a, there's a bigger conversation there. But for me, um, the way I make decisions and run my life, I never think about legacy, actually the opposite um, mm. to it. I can be convinced other way, but at this moment. <laughs> mm. No, no, I, I love it. No, I don't think there's a convincing or I don't think either or I don't think either is correct or incorrect. I love the fact that you're aware of that. I mean, so I think so many people, to me, that's very freeing. You know, you're, you're basically saying I'm making the most of my time in the world right now because that's kind of what I have. That's what I can see. I can, you know, you can touch now. You don't necessarily, you know, able to maybe touch tomorrow. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Uh, bigger conversation, I guess. Yeah. Than <laughs> <me>. but, yes. <laughs> yes. So what, how would you describe the Ryan Holtz brand? Oh, geez. Uh, you know, evocative. It's, it's, uh, I'm very, I don't run the course of, you know, uh, normal, you know, marketers or, or marketing agency owners. I'm, I'm kind of interesting where, you know, people expect me to be very extroverted. I'm, I've always been very introverted, but I have a big personality and I can stand up on stage and talk to people and, and do all that. But I think the Ryan Holtz brand is the one that, uh, you know, and I hate, I'm proud to say it, but I think 50% of people that meet me, they absolutely love me. I think another 50% would say, I can't stand that guy. There's something that bugs me about him. My thing is that I just don't want to walk into a room and not be memorable. I mean, for me to leave an impact and, and you know, hey, I met, I met Ryan. I want you to have an opinion. Your opinion is none of my business, but I want you to have an opinion because I feel like if you don't have an opinion of me, I did a very poor job of, of kind of showcasing what is important to me. 
and what matters to me and how I was raised. You know, my mom is such a big, intricate part of my life that to this day, even though she's not here, everything I'm doing is also for my mom. I'm representing my mom hardcore. You know, the picture behind me, this is my mom when she's a little girl, you know, and she, she's everywhere, right? Um, and that to me is, is big. The Reinholds brand, though, is known for always kind of pushing the envelope, being different, being unique, um, and being very one-to-one. You know, I pride myself on engaging with people, having good conversations with people. Um, you know, when people come to my show, they walk away thinking about something differently. That to me is huge. You know, I feel like many great things start with curiosity. You know, you have to ask yourself at the brewery, hey, what if we did this? What if we changed this palette? What about that flavoring? What about that packaging? What about that color? Like, you're just a you're a naturally curious person. And I think most great business people, they have that level of curiosity. Like, I'm sure when you go into a room, you don't just walk in a room and just like, look straight. Like, your head's on a swivel. You're taking it in. You're looking at the colors, the decor, the smell, the vibe. Like your head, this is entrepreneur brain, you know, up and down, right? People that are working at a nine to five job for 50 years, it's boom, boom, you know, very, very like boom, boom, right? You're an engineer, right? When you talk to an engineer, you know, I'm a marketing guy. I can't be like, Manjeet, that load on the bridge. Can't we just make it like maybe 20% less? You're like, no, people will die, Ryan. It's load bearing. Okay. You have to understand the numbers behind this, right? Two plus three should equal five. In Ryan's world, world it could equal 55, you know, and really figure out where things are and, and what things are at. But it's, it's evolving. And I'm proud to say I have a lot to learn. I have a lot more growth. Um, and, uh, and I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you, Ryan, for talking with me and being so candid in the world of marketing and business and well, all the other things we discussed today. Go check out The Ryan Holt Show wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please rate us on Apple Podcasts also. It'll really help us out. Be sure to follow the show so you can hear a brand new episode as soon as it comes out. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Manjeet Minhas podcast.